Acts chapter 20. Amen. Acts chapter 20. When I preached Brother Crabb's funeral, I was from Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. But we're going to read verses 17 through 27. Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 27. Say this. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he sent to them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house testifying both to the Jews and also the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, I just uh, thank you for being a good and merciful God. Lord, I thank you again for each one that's here, for each one that's listening. Lord, thank you for faithful people in this day and age that still love you and uh, love the things of God. And Lord, you know the needs, Lord, many physical needs. Lord, I I think of uh, Sister uh, Wendy right now. Lord, I pray you touch her, and uh, Lord, that they'd be able to find something out. And Lord, others with physical. Lord, we think of uh, Deborah tonight and Donna tonight, the great grace uh, that's needed uh, there. And Lord, many uh, other things that were mentioned, dear God, please. Uh, dear Lord God, just uh, may we uh, trust you and may you work and move. Lord, you said ask, so we're asking. You said knock, we're knocking. You said seek, Lord, we're seeking. And so, Lord, we're trusting you to do what you promised you would do in these areas. Now, Lord, again, help each one. If by chance, even tonight, there's somebody that's not saved, God, work in that heart. And, Lord, again, help us, Lord, to, through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. So, notice uh, verse 24 says this, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received with the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Well, I want to focus on one word tonight. I want to focus on a word. Notice this statement. Neither count I. Neither count I. I want to focus on that word count tonight. And how many people, let's see if somebody knows what they think that word might, might mean. Uh, you probably don't want to take a chance, right? Because, you know, I'm going to say something else. But that word count means this. It means to lead or go before. Now, how many people thought it would have meant something like that? To lead or go before. It means to lead out. To go, so think of this side. It has a thought of to go before in the mind or to view, to regard, to esteem. This word is translated other things in the Bible. I'll show you that. It's used for leaders, for those that are, uh, uh, those that are chief, 
right? It's spoken of those that have influence and authority. Let me give you some other places where this, this word is translated different, where it's translated chief, it's translated governor. Let me give you some examples. Acts 14, 12, it says they called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul, Mercurius, because he was the, well, they called Paul, Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker, right? And the patriarchs in, in Acts 7, 9, it says, it's talking about Joseph, it says this, and the patriarchs, talking about Joseph's brothers, moved with envy, sold Joseph in Egypt, but God was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him governor, who made him governor over Egypt and all his house. And then it says this, talking about the Lord, of course, I think quoting from Micah, if I remember correctly, Matthew 2, 6, says this, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So sort of an interesting uh, thought there. So it can be, it can be, so it, it has a thought of something taking the lead, whether it's people taking the lead or things taking the lead. So to count, right? So we, when, we, when we think about this thought and we think of ourselves, we might say this, what or who am I going to allow to take the lead in my life, to be chief in my life? What is going to take the lead in your mind? In other words, right? This is this this what I choose will be will, will lead the way in my mind. I'll let it lead the way in my life. It'll be foremost in my mind, right? It's what I will view, regard, and esteem in my mind or in my life. So when you look at Paul and he uses this word, and you study how he uses the word count, he makes it very clear concerning him, right, in several places in scripture what he wants to have the lead in his life. And you see it in these verses. Notice in, in verse 23, right? In verse 23, that he says this, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So he, he knew that bonds and afflictions would abide him wherever he went. Now we often say, and you know, we've been in the ministry a while, we look at our Christian life and we look back and we look at all the things that have happened in our life or something we might be going through now. Like, well, man, if I'd have known this at the beginning, you know, I'm not sure I would have went there. I'm not sure I would have done that. You know, we say that if we would have known. But here, Paul knew. Paul knew that wherever he went, bonds and afflictions would be waiting for him. And even though he knew that, what lied ahead of him, he still went. Because what did he say in verse 24? Look how verse 24 uh, uh, starts, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Neither count I my life dear. He, what he, what's he saying there? He's saying these things are, it, it, it is not my concern. He said, I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to face bonds. I'm going to face afflictions, but this is what I want people to know. It, it is not concern for my own safety right? That is my chief concern. My chief concern is not the sa my safety, right? It's not, it's not the safety of my life that counts. It's not my well-being that counts, 
right? That's not what takes the lead in my thinking. When I go out to serve the Lord, right, my, the, the, what takes the lead in my thinking is, oh, am I going to be safe there? And am I going to be all right? That's not the way he thought. He says, no. What, what's he say? He says, so that I might finish my course. What took the lead in his thinking? What took the lead in his decision-making? God's will and God's glory is what took the lead in his thinking. The ministry, getting out the gospel, that was uh, uh, foremost, right, and first in Paul's way of thinking. He says, these are the things that count. Hey, not what happens to me physically, but what counts for me is God getting the glory he deserves out of my life. Hey, if something happens, uh, I hope nothing happens, but, but if it did, does, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about that I know that I'm where God wants me to be, when he wants me to be there, and doing God what, what God wants me to do when I should be doing it. These are what count. These take the lead in my thinking. So he, he says again in verse 24, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Hey, whether I face bonds or affliction or or trouble, whatever. He says, you know what? None of these things move me. In other words, none of these things, no matter what I face when I go out, right, even though I know they might happen, that's not going to change my mind. That's not going to change my decision to go and follow God, right? These things about what could happen and what, what could not happen, they're not even figured into my decision-making. I don't, I don't count them in to my decision-making, that when, when I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, these aren't things I include. Well, are we going to be safe? Are we going to this? He said, he said, I don't even figure those things in. Amen. My focus is on, hey, are we, are we going to be doing the Lord's will? Are we going to be reaching people with the gospel? Are we going to be helping people along the way? These are the things that I figure in. These are the things that take the lead in my thinking. They're what I count in when I go to make decisions. These things I don't even count in. Right? He says, I'm going to let God's will lead. That is what he's saying in these verses, right? That I might finish my course, right, with joy and the ministry which I have received, Lord, to testify the gospel, the grace of God. That's what counts for something to me. That's what has priority in my life. So you see this in other places with Paul. Paul was clear about his priorities. Philippians 3.8. We know this verse, he says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. So he says, what? All these things that used to be important to me, I count them but loss. I do count them but dung. Right. He says, I'm going to let my desire for Christ lead the way. All these things, that's what matters to me. That's what counts in my life. Christ and his glory. So when I look at that, all these things become of no count in my life. They have no priority in my life. These are the things I'm going to let lead in my life. Philippians 3. 3.13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
What's he saying here? He says, I'm going to let the, the potential of my future with Christ. He says, what am I focused on, right? He says, he says I'm going to let what my, the potential that I have in my future with Christ lead over letting my past hold me back. You know, sometimes people let what's happened in their past hold them back. He says, you know what? Hey, I don't, hey, I don't, I'm not worried about what I did before I got saved. And, you know, boy, I wish I wouldn't have done some of that stuff. We know, we saw before how, you know, he really seemed, you know, always had that thought of what him being there when Stephen was martyred and all that. But yet he didn't let him hold, wow, how can I serve God? I mean, I was, I was there when, when uh, uh, Stephen was martyred and, man, I went there and I persecuted. And I, and, hey, he talked about those. You see, he wasn't ashamed to talk about those things. He didn't glory in them. But he said, hey, yeah, sure, I did these things, but thank God I've forgiven them. And boy, if we ever share our testimony, we talk about our past, we don't want to glory in the sin or things that we did, but we want to thank God. Hey, I hate that was my past, but you know what? It is my past, and I'm not going to let that hold me back. I'm going to, what, what, what's going to lead, what's going to lead in my life now is not what I've done in my past, but the future and the potential that I have with Christ now that I'm saved. That's going to take priority in my life. Another place where this uh, uh, word is used in James 1. It says this in James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You see, my, I'm going I'm to be tried. I'm going to go through some things. But you know what? When I'm going through that, this difficulty is not going to take the lead. I'm not going to let it weigh me down. Even though I'm going through a difficulty, you know what's going to take the lead in my heart and mind? Amen? Uh, the, the, the end result. What is this producing in my life? That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to focus on uh, this heartache. I'm not going to focus on this difficult situation. What I'm going to focus on is the end result that God's going to bring through this in my life. So in the what's going to lead out of my thinking, oh, man, I'm going through something. No, what's going to lead out of my thinking is, hey, what this is going to produce. That's what the Lord did, right? He says, he, he just, when he, over there in uh, Hebrews 12, when he went to Calvary, he says what? He despised the shame, but he looked on with joy. Right? He didn't let the fact that he was going to go through this hold him back. What, what, what led in his thinking, if you will? The fact that when he gets through his suffering, people are going to be saved. Right? Lives are going to be changed. And so he's providing salvation. That's what took the lead. That's what counted to him. Right? When he was trying to make that decision, right? <laughs> he, he, he didn't count in the suffering, if you will. He counted in the fact that, hey, what this is going to produce. And that was what led in his thinking. And so that's what helped him get through it, if you will, in that sense. He said, I'm going to let the end result. He says, because says, my brethren counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work. Let whatever God's using that thing in your life for, let it have its perfect work. Why? That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen. Hey, I don't like I'm going through this, but the end result is I'll have patience. The end result, amen, is that I'll learn to trust God. The end result is, amen, I'll, I'll be uh, strengthened in my faith and that he's faithful and I'll be wanting nothing, if you will. So he says, it is not it is not these things I esteem, right? Uh, uh, whether I'm, Paul said, when you look at all these instances, he said, oh, not whether I'm going to be safe when I go there. You know, that's not 
what's a priority to me. Hey, all these material things or what I might have to give up or all these things that I count all that is done. That's not a priority to me. These aren't the things I, I esteem. Amen. It's, it's God working in my life, God working through my life, uh, uh, help getting people the gospel. Uh, 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 amen. Getting this church thing going around the world and all the areas that God sends me. These are the things that I esteem. These are the things that take the lead in my life. Amen. Uh, Christ. So you see, when you, when you study Paul's life, Paul's great esteem for Christ is what allowed everything else to fall to the wayside and become immaterial in his life. And of course, you know, again, he's, what he say here in Acts 20, verse 24, none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear to myself. Why? Again, that I might finish my course with joy. And what happened? He stayed faithful. It was a, uh, from when he wrote this, it was approximately another uh, 10 years or so before he actually died. He had another 10 years of life. And you know what? <laughs> he kept his priorities straight. He kept the things that were the things that mattered. He let those be the priority of his life. He let those things lead out in his thinking. You know what? He stayed faithful. And so what? We know he finished well, right? 2 Timothy 4, 7. Here's, here's 10 years later from when he wrote this. I fought a good fight. How'd you do that? Well, because I let the right things count in my life. I let the right things take lead in my life. I let the right things lead in my thinking and lead in my decision-making. So I fought a good fight, and I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. And he was able to finish with that wonderful testimony. Another way this word's translated is the word esteem. And here's a good example of it with Moses. And Moses sets the, set the same good example like Paul did in his day. Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 26, say this. By faith, Hebrews eleven twenty four. 24, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing, you see, it's always a choice. It's a, life's about the choices. Well, how'd you end up here? Well, you know, decisions determine destiny. All, all these people that are out on, on Skid Road, why are they there? Because of the decisions they've made. Why are we here tonight? Because of the decisions made. He says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Here it is, esteeming, same word, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. You say, it says he esteeming the reproach of Christ. He said, I would rather the reproach of Christ, right, counts more to me, all right, means more to me. I esteem that more, right? I allow that to what? Take the lead. I allow the reproach of Christ and bearing the reproach of Christ, and bearing the testimony of Christ. And what's amazing is we're talking about Moses, right? And it's talking about Christ. So remember that, right? It's always been Christ. He says, I allow that to take the lead over the praise of men, over some position in the world, over power and possessions. So we see basically he had the same mindset as Paul. And so Christ, that's a good question. How do we esteem him? Do we value him like Paul and Moses? Do we value him over anything the world 
could offer. When we come to make decisions in life, when we come to deal with things in life, what leads the way in our decision thinking? What's best for me? What's going to make me comfortable? Amen? What's going to make me look good? What, what leads the way in our thinking? What counts into our thinking? Right? We live in a world, of course, where the esteem of self overrides the esteem for truth and Christ. But we know the Bible says, right, we, there's, there's more important things to esteem and to count important. Philippians 2.3 says this. You see this word esteem again. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's the same word. So what's this verse telling us? Let others count above you. Let others, when it comes, when it comes to, uh, to me or someone else, I want to I count them above me. I want to let them lead the way in my thinking. I'm giving my life uh, to others, right? I'm putting them ahead of me. No, you, you, you don't write, you let them in the door. No, you first, no, no, I insist, please. You, you first, right? No, uh, count them, count them. Let others count above you. Let the thought of helping others take the lead in the decisions and the way you live your life. So if I were to ask you this question as we finish, what counts in your life, right? What takes the lead in your life? What would your answer be? What do you count as the priorities in your life? You know, you know I, I, I read this story the other day and I thought, man, that is the key to having your priorities right. That is the key, amen, to, to having the victory in the Christian life. Now, let me tell you, I read this story the other day about this, uh, this violinist, this uh, uh, young lady. She was a, 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 she was a, a, a great violinist, and uh, people had just uh, appreciated her talent. And so one day somebody came and asked her, said, well, man, how, you know, how did you become such a, a great violinist and, you know, get to where you are today? She said, well, I found out the key, right, was what I call plan neglect. Plan neglect. I said, what do you mean plan neglect? She said, well, when I was in school, right, what I, I'd get up in the morning and I'd, I'd go eat breakfast and then I'd come back to, and I'd, I'd come back and I'd, I'd clean my room and then I'd go do this and I'd go do that and I'd take care of all these other things and then I'd, I'd rush off to practice. But then I realized I wasn't progressing the way I thought I ought to progressing. I wasn't becoming as good of a violinist as I had hoped to become. And so one day I thought about it and I said, you know what, I need to change my priorities. I need to realize Amen. What I want to make the priority of my life and what I need to neglect or at least not be first. So uh, what I started doing is after after breakfast, I I I planned to neglect my room. Right. I planned to neglect uh, getting some other things done so I could focus on what I knew I wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to be the priority in my life. Now, children, don't use this for an excuse, right? You still got to <laughs> clean your room in those things. But really, that is the key to a Christian life, plan neglect, right? Because we say, oh, we, we get up and we say, oh, well, I, you know, oh, I didn't have time to read my Bible. I didn't have time to pray. I didn't have time to do this. Well, no, you, you, you got up and you, 
You, you know, you planned what you were going to do, make the priority in your life. You planned what you were going to make a priority in that life. So we got to, we got to, we got to plan. We got to, we not only got to plan what we're going to do, we got to plan what we're going to neglect. So let me ask you this question. Are you progressing like you think you should? Or do you need some planned neglect in your life? All right? Planned neglect. Which is worse? A dirty car or a dirty mind? A cluttered house or a cluttered heart? A dusty dresser or a dusty Bible? Now, that doesn't mean, you know, people should live like, say, you know, uh, uh, you know, you walk in the house like, well, you know, well, I've been reading my Bible the last 23 hours. Well, you know, there's a, we realize there's a balance to everything, but it does matter what you plan, amen, as the priority, and then what you uh, plan to get that. So I say, well, I'm going to have to, you know, I only got this much time. I'm going to have to neglect something. Well, what am I going to choose uh, to neglect with that time. So uh, finishing up here, may we make sure the right things count in our life. May we make sure the right things lead off in our thinking. The right things lead off when we have to make important decisions. Amen. The things that we hold back that aren't in the part of the decision making, the things that should be in the decision making. Because at the end of life, amen, we want to look by, I can say we had a life that counted. Amen. We had a life that counted for Christ, just like Paul was able to say. Let's pray.